you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms and services. Today's show, we're going to talk about a lawsuit. Uh, you know, that is in the news. We're going to talk about the official loss of Ruben Miela, and we will go from there. So let's talk about this lawsuit against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you can tell by my tone i mean i don't take this very seriously uh when you get right down to it uh yes the cleveland guardians were a roller derby team uh he they were you know uh, around but they were a club team this is not really professional from what i can see maybe i'm wrong but you know it, it was i was part of a a club fencing uh team in brooklyn and this feels kind of at that level i mean i it it's very cool and i think it's awesome that this exists and people can go uh and try out and do things but the the cleveland guardians there's a few issues one you know they're actively uh negotiating with the indians showing that you know this is this comes down to being about money uh the other thing is, like, their Guardians, uh, the whole idea of the Guardians, in a way, it is, I mean, it's based on public domain. It's based on uh, being, you know, the Cleveland Guardian statues. They even, like, the day after uh, the Cleveland Indians announced their change, they, like, rebranded the roller derby team to lean more into that Guardians history, Guardians background. Uh, you know, like I said, they're now suing for trademark infringement saying that it is and here's the thing if you go back to my um my podcast talking about potential names where i thought cleveland blues might be the one uh you know i went through all of the official trademarks and the guardians were not and now they're you're saying well you know it, it was never trademarked <laughs> but we also had usage. It was, I can't I'm trying to find the exact terminology for it. But the whole thing comes down to, you know, it's like, hey, we had seven years of it being common usage uh, that we would like, you know, someone, them to pay us more money. There was money talk already. This, this has already come up. It fell apart at the last moment. There was a nominal offer. The Derby rejected it. Uh, the Indians, so they knew about this coming before the Indians announced it which is why they also changed their gear to make it. Uh, when I went to the website, which took a long time to load this morning, I think a lot of people were going to look at it. Uh, you know, they changed their gear at that time to lean, like I said, lean into the Cleveland Guardians motif, lean more into this idea of the Guardian statues, the Art Deco statues outside of, uh, you know, the stadium. And, they, you know, they're, the Indians don't offer gear yet, so they kind of filled that void and made a gear that is for their roller derby team, but could very easily be for the, the Indians. Like a very kind of, uh, you know, generic Cleveland Guardians. I guess they are. he is wearing a roller derby helmet. Okay, I will say it does have some tie, but your first look at it is not going to assume that. 
Uh, and when there is no no merch for the Guardians right now, there's a world where you know this makes sense. But like I say, if you go and you find the website, like when I went there, it reminds me very much of like I said, our, my hockey club or hockey club. My I was part of that too, but my my fencing club. Uh, you know the breakdown, you know the schedule and things. It's it's great. And again, I'm I don't want to seem like I am bashing them, but this certainly feels like a money grab. Like in this case, that is what it is. The the you know they're trying to attempt to say that it is a the exact wording here is common law tra- trademark based on priority of use in Northeast Ohio from late 2013 and early 2014. I moved back to Ohio in 2012. I had never heard of the Cleveland Guardians before today. I lived in Northeastern Ohio. It's not a big thing. It's you know, it, and basically the Indians are trying to say that. Hey, we can both have it and operate it, and you know we're not gonna. It's fine with us. Which I mean, for this team could be a boon in its own regard. It's it's free advertising. I I just don't see a way. Uh, they're trying. The Indians offered you know Indians now Guardians offered money. That much is stated. They couldn't come to an agreement. Now the thing that they do have is. Uh, so the exact quote here is, when given an opportunity to acquire the Cleveland Guardians rights, including both Cleveland Guardians name and ClevelandGuardians.com, the Indians only offer to pay a nominal amount, like no more than 15 minutes of annual team revenue, the lawsuit says. Uh, so we don't know how much they offered. Uh, I mean, to just say 15 minutes of team revenue, I'm not going to say uh, you know that it, it's hyperbolic, but it doesn't really give you any information. And again, you, you go to their website and it, you know, they do have some posts. Merch available was uh, from August, and then they have new season info. And before those two posts, those two posts that occurred after the Cleveland Guardians were announced, the last post was from 2018. So they hadn't had anything on their website since 2018. They had one in March of 2018, 2018, you know, and then you have three posts in 2018, and then the last post was in 2016. There's no 2017 posts. Now, I know the Facebook is a little more active, but at the same time, it's very interesting that their only posts in three years came after the announcement <laughs> where they are, you know, uh, doing their own little version of a rebrand and trying to uh, get out in front of this whole situation. Uh, you know, the, the Facebook page, like I said, became their thing, but this just feels, you know, it's an amateur sports squad. It's a club level squad. Uh it does not have the common law. It, it, there's just no way that it has the common law to have had enough people who knew about it to get out there and uh, make this work. Uh, I think at the end of the day, what is going to become available or what's going to happen is they're both going to have the name. They'll benefit in their own little way from it, but I mean, there's just no overlap. It's not a big enough thing. They're squatting on the website is going to be a big deal for the Indians. In fact, they won't have ClevelandGuardians.com. I don't know if there's any end around about it, but yeah, this, I I don't know. Like we were discussing on Twitter today, myself and a few others, it just doesn't look good. Like it, the way it's being talked about and handled was very eye-rolly, very someone trying to get theirs. Not that there's anything wrong with someone trying to get theirs, but it just, at the end of the day, this felt like someone who is in a cash grab uh, it just really feels like that, and I don't see any, you know, if you are someone out there who's a listener who is part of that team, I am not, you know, have fun. You do you. I am not out here to 
insult you, even though you might feel like it right now, understandably, if this is something you love, it would, what I'm saying is going to, might bother you. But this feels like specifically the, the owner of the team, which I don't understand how you have an owner of an amateur sports team. I don't understand exactly uh, how you can have, you know, a, proceeds I, I it feels like it'd be very small margins i i don't think anyone gets paid to play i assume it's more of a hobby based on what the numbers look like but it it feels like this is an owner trying to uh find a way to make some money uh because they were lucky and they already had the website and the name and honestly if they didn't have the na- the website it, it wouldn't matter at all on the website was abandoned i mean those posts are there on that website more likely than not just so they don't lose it. Like that the Indians couldn't bring a case saying, well, this is an abandoned website that is not used. They still might try that because there's only been two posts in the last three years. And, uh, you know, like I said, they're mostly using their Facebook now. And they've got 3,000 fans. People like it. But this is 100% about someone trying a chance to make some money. And I think at the end of the day, <laughs> they're going to still be the Cleveland Guardians. There's no concern. There's no worry about that. Uh, it's an interesting case. It's an interesting situation. Common law stuff, common name can happen, but when both names are based off of you know a public image, it, it, you can't really make that statement. It's not like it's originality. They're both copying statues. You know, they both have that Art Deco look. Uh, you know, the designer of the statue uh, would be the person who really owns those rights, and I'm sure those have long expired. I don't know if it's quite you know common. You know, common name, if it's uh, not common, you know, I'm thinking of the common law part I talked about earlier. You know, I'm not sure if it's quite public domain, that's what I was thinking about. But there's no case to be had. This is going to be set up swiftly, easily. And honestly, you know, there still might be some money to be made. But running someone through the rigmarole of this, making the lawyers get involved, it is likely going to be less money than what was originally discussed. Uh, bringing everyone in is not going to make the Indians people get annoyed by that and yeah i mean maybe you feel like you're doing strong arm tactics but if you don't have the muscles your strong arm tactic gets flattened and they don't have again they don't own the trademark and on a very basic level they don't own the trademark uh the biggest thing they can have and the biggest value really going forward is selling the web page other than that um if you enjoy it keep doing it you know i loved fencing back in brooklyn when i was a porcupine uh, but if the Brooklyn, when the Nets moved, if they had wanted to become the Brooklyn Porcupines, we'd have been rolled over. Like, that's the way these things work. So, uh, you know, keep doing what you do. Uh, keep enjoying your roller derby. Uh, keep the name. Let the Indians pay you a nominal fee for everything, but use that name, roll off of it. Don't do the exact same trademark image. You know, they're not doing some G sandwiches like the Indians are. G, not cheese, in case that was a little confusing, because that looks like a G sandwich to me the Indians emblem. I think the Cleveland Roller Derby team actually has a better imagery than the uh, Cleveland Guardians baseball team has. I I prefer their look, honestly. But uh, yeah, use that. I mean, especially because you're the first to Guardians merch. If anyone wants Guardians merch right now, I think it looks good. I think it's something to run with. I think it is fun. Uh, And, you know, I'm always the one who's like, find a way to compromise. There was a way to be front and center, like for the Indians and you to form a partnership to a degree or even get additional ad revenue, or even be mentioned on broadcast. Like, there is ways to really raise stuff while still getting paid off, too. Uh, I think, you know, this is going to poison a well on that, though. But I think at the end of the day, I think both likely still exist. 
I think both likely are uh, existing in their own spheres, and I think we will. There's not. There's nothing stopping the Guardians from happening. Don't think if you're out there and you are a diehard Wahoo slash Indians person, this doesn't mean it's coming back. If you're out there and you love the Guardians name and you're like worried it's gonna go away, uh, it's not. Like you know, for all the same reasons that like a lot of people are like, oh, can they do that with Guardians of the Galaxy? It's like, no, Guardian is a term that's been around so long, no one really owns it. Uh, you know, I would be curious, I, I didn't really do deep diving, and I couldn't really find much, to find what the Guardians emblem looked like before their new merchandise, which came out in August. Like, were they even Art Deco before then? Did they Were, were they just a Guardian? Because again, if you don't own the trademark, Guardian is a pretty generic term. It's hard to really go out there and say it. it's something anyone owns. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and talk about Ruben Niebla's leaving Cleveland. Is your car not working? Does it need a part? Do you know how to fix cars? Do you not know how to fix cars? Doesn't matter. Rock Auto's got you covered. They will save you money. If you know cars, they'll save you money on all the parts and pieces that you know how to fix and repair. If you're like me and you know nothing about cars, guess what? Rock Auto's going to save you money on things like filters, windshield wipers, the easy stuff. All the things you can find a YouTube video on how to change in under 10 minutes. If it's under 10 minutes, you can probably handle it. I'm not saying you can. Don't quote me on that, but you probably can handle it. If I can do it, I bet you can too. And why do I go to Rock Auto? Fantastic prices. You can go look at the uh, part, the, your anything that works in your car. You can go and look and see, okay, I'm going to go with this company, get this piece, uh, then install it myself and save money. And if you look around online, sometimes you can even find promo codes on top of letting them know in the How'd You Hear About Us box locked on. So the nice thing is you can still tell them we sent you and you can use a promo code, save yourself some extra money. And they always have rebates and uh, I said filters, but <laughs> that's not what I want. They have rebates and coupons and things like that on the front page. You can go find out ways to save you more money. So save yourself money. Go to rockauto.com today. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Great sadness. I, and there's no other way other than that. It's like terrible sadness. It's official. Ruben Niebla is gone. Now he is from the San Diego area. Uh, now that MLB Trade Rumors has talked about it, I can say it's his daughter is going to San Diego State. Like his last, he has tweets in August of him uh, you know, putting her in to the dorm there, checking her in, <laughs> putting her in, checking. Let's let's use the correct words here. Sorry, it, it was conference night again. That's right. It was another week of conference nights. So I'm already like, brrr. Uh, but, you know, it, some people, again, San Diego are like, why are they doing this? And I'm like, because literally every pitcher who's come up through the Indian system has a Ruben Niebla making them better story. And yes, I see people being like, it is a talented minors. There's someone new who's going to step up. I mean, we can hope, uh, but there's also a thing where, you know, there's only so many kind of genius level people when it comes to stuff like this, uh, to keep being able to pull rabbits out of hats. Eventually it's going to not happen. Like that's just the way of it. These pipelines don't go on forever for a reason. Uh, you know, sometimes we seem like Oakland's going to be a pipeline. Well, it turned out they just had some really good draft classes that built a, you know, a stellar staff. The Indians had a legit pipeline and Ruben Niebla was, you know, front and center. He was a huge part of it. I think he was probably the biggest part of their development, honestly. Because, like I said, the one thing that when I would spend time in the minors, you talk to guys, you talk to guys, what always has stood out to me isn't isn't like when I ask them, so like, who's helping you? It's when they're like, okay, so I was working with Ruben on this. It's, it's the person they bring up independently of your question. It's the person that they can't help but mention when they're talking about what has made them successful. It is the person that 
they just think, oh, my success with this pitch, my development with this pitch comes directly from, more often than not, it was Ruben Niebla. And this is for everyone who you've enjoyed in the big leagues. San Diego's pitching development is an absolute crap show. Um, if this wasn't family friendly, I'd use many other terms for it. You can go through and look. Uh, was it Anderson Espinoza was the big guy they got... Uh, was that the Kimberl trade to Boston? I can't remember. You know, he was one of those guys. I mean, he was a big talk prospect. Like, people were talking about him as, you know, potentially the best pitcher in baseball in the future. Uh, and, yeah, injuries are part of it, but he hasn't come together. How about uh, Adrian Morjan, who they gave a ton of money? Now, he was an undersized lefty, which, very undersized. I was kind of surprised by some of the hype there. Uh, still hasn't put it together. How about, you know, uh, Michael Baez? Bays. Oh, you know, he was like a top 25, hasn't put it together. Chris Paddock had that great year. Consistency has evaded him. I know there's been health. Uh, Ryan Weathers was a really high draft pick. Yeah, he's He hasn't established himself yet. Mackenzie Gore is the top pitching prospect in baseball. He had a massive step back this past year. I mean, you can just keep going. It's ridiculous. Paul, or Paul, nope. Cal Quantrell uh, had some number one overall hype didn't pitch his junior year at Stanford because he ended up getting a promise to go eighth overall to the Padres. He's going to be no worse than a mid-rotation. Oh, he's he's a quad A guy. This is the story time and time again. Uh, Eric Lauer, first-round pick, a really athletic lefty, good stuff. You know, that's an easy back. Oh, he, he can't establish himself as a consistent starter. They have had so many starters, and they have no success stories for it. That's why when you go over to, like, good old roster resource and you look on San Diego, every part of their pitching staff has been acquired via trade. Uh, they don't have anyone that is self-developed. They have been that bad at pitching development. It is an absolute crap show. Joe Musgrove, trade last year. Hugh Darvish, trade last year. Blake Snell, trade last year. Mike Clevenger, trade last year. Chris Paddock, trade many years ago. He did have some minor league time in that system. Uh... Denelison Lamette was a international signing. Uh, who else we got? As we go down the list, you know, Adrian Morjohn has had Tommy John. Michael Baez was the other big name prospect who had Tommy John. Uh, currently in system, we still have Mackenzie Gore. Justin Lang was a high school guy. Man, their minors are really looking beat, beat, beat up. Uh, and then it's like. Uh, I'm also blanking on the kid they traded to Tampa right now. I mean, I, I can find that pretty quick. But he hasn't necessarily made that step forward either. Tampa will figure it out. He's a Tampa type of arm. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Don't worry about uh, Louis Patino. He'll he'll be good. Uh, but the point of the matter is that San Diego's had all these big names. They were the top prospect, top minor league system in baseball. They have very little to show for it. Uh, I mean, yes, Fernando Tatis Jr. came up in that system. And as much as like I'm shredding that minor league system uh, for their pitching, I mean, look at their projected lineup for next year. Outside of Tatis, who came over in a trade when he was very low in the minors, he essentially was a developmental success for them. You know, Adam Frazier was in the bigs with the Pirates. Cronworth was in the bigs with the Rays. Machado was a free agent signing. Hosmer, free agent signing. Will Myers, was he a free agent signing? I'm trying to remember, or if he was, uh, no, he was a trade, but he already had that bad contract. Trent Grisham was in the minors with Milwaukee, and Aaron Nola in the minors, or the I think I said minors. Grisham was in the majors, Nola was in the majors. It's, you can go through this whole team. Fernando Tatis is literally their only developmental success right now. 
you know, Lamette was a guy who maybe you count him, but I mean, he was an older player, an international free agent, uh, an amateur signing in 14, which is what, seven years ago? So he would have been 22 at the time. So, you know, not your traditional young international signing. It, you go through this as a team that has been extremely poor at development, and that is exactly, you know, I saw, again, that, that's why this is a great move. It's a great get. He's going to be the pitching coach, but I, I would not be surprised if here's what's you know there was a an ad someone retweeted yesterday about the looking for pitching coaches the basically a job offering for pitching coaches in the Indians minor league system because uh, there's positions available because Ruben might take some guys you know he might promote and try to hire guys who are part of that developmental pitching pipeline you know who else is going to do that Carter Hawkins. They're going to get rated. So it's a matter of, and you don't always hear about those guys. You don't hear about the pitching coordinators or the, you know, the, the video specialists, some of the guys who sit down there and really break things down. Uh, but they're important. They are vital. And they're going to lose some. The Cubs are definitely going to sign some people away that Carter Hawkins trusts, believes in, and has faith in. Uh, Ruben might bring some of his own. The Indians' pitching system is going to get picked over and the reason i say like ruben is going to do that uh you're like he's just a pitching coach how does he have that power they hired him before they hired the manager he is being brought in to completely redo the pitching in system uh yeah he's gonna focus on the big leagues but i wouldn't be surprised if they ask him like okay we need to work on this from top to bottom who can who should we bring who else can we bring who else would be a good hire to work and help the minor leagues figure this out they're not going to just bring him in and then uh just focus on the big leagues no they're gonna pick his brain they believe so much in him you know it's a great story as a, a native from the san diego area he still lives there you know there's a lot of reasons why this is uh, an easy decision for him i mean he he knew he was not going to get the pitching coach position anytime soon as long as tito was there was never going to be available to him so i i bet san diego hires more indians guys i bet the cubs hire more indians guys that pipeline is going to start drying up a little because this is the what you know like i said hawkins blake ruben niebla uh they're losing the big names but it, it's often not the big names that kill you though i mean these names hurt it's going to be all the other players that go with them it's going to the i think i said players but i meant to say all the coaching all the scouts all those players who do the dirty work that none of us know uh by name that are going to get picked off and uh, added to other organizations. And that is the real kind of insidious concern right now if you're an Indians fan. Uh, I mean, again, Ruben Niebla hurts. It is literally the one coach I never wanted to see leave. But at the same time, uh, the bigger hurt probably for this organization is going to be the other guys who get promotions, get more money, who get opportunities to go other places. Because now there's two organizations that I bet are actively looking to add those coaches, those scouts, those, you know, video professionals from the Indian system. We're going to take a final commercial break, come back and do a little mailbag. Get in the game with Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage 
of all the amazing offers available for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So it is some mailbag to end it here. I'm just going in order of questions that I have favorited, because uh, that's what I do to be able to find them easy. Uh, hey Jeff, this is from at Jamie Runner Seventeen. Uh, hey Jeff, fan of the podcast, wanted to make wanted your take on the 2022 can't read tonight what uh mlb draft what positions did the indians take versus what they will actually take in the first round obviously uh, i wanted to point out again i'm taking these in the order that uh, they got this is from october 22nd i don't have any time stamp in front of me on it just because my first question is a draft question that was not necessarily planned i'm not like drifting towards them uh you know it's always on the actual day of the draft it's going to be seeing who's there as of now uh you know, I think a prep bat, there's going to be a lot of interesting guys. Uh, you know, I saw Willie over at Indians Prospect Insider had Cam Collier. That'd be a great pick uh, going there. I will say the Indians have not taken a lot of those guys. We keep assuming, because we know they're age-focused, uh, we keep assuming they'll take guys who reclassify, but they haven't done that yet. They really haven't. And I, I think what it comes down to is, like, that's great that they're young, but they're not young necessarily always for their class. Now, Collier uh, still, if he had stayed, would have been a 17-year-old on draft day in his own class, right? No. Yes, because he, he hasn't even turned 17 yet. Uh, so he would have been young. He's different. But a lot of these guys, like when we look at, a, like at Nick Bitsko a few years ago and some of the other players that reclassify, they're players who, you know, on their own, if they had stayed in their class against the comp... So when you're looking at them versus the competition they're facing against the elite level competition, because that's one of the few scouting opportunities you get, you want to look at, you know, those reps. And they're often the same age or older than guys that are in their class. So then I think a lot of times we get to, and this is something I've talked about before, we get too hung up on just straight age. And again, this is not, I'm not insulting Willie, because as I pointed out, Willie's pick of Cam Collier, he is young for his class. You want to think age relative to class, not overall youth. Uh, I'm okay for, with a uh, you know a prep player with that pick. If one of the college bats slide, like I almost feel like they should go college bat. Uh, you could never have enough catching. You know, if one of the the two big uh, college catchers is there, like I would consider it. If the James Madison kid Decatur falls, I, I kind of want to see what's there. But I think you definitely should go bat. Um, I, I but then again. I think you should always go bat in the first. I would, I have more or less been on record. Like I am never going to, if I ran a team, I would never draft a high school pitcher in the first round. I just would not see the value in that. I I just don't, the risk is too high. And, you know, I've done some work over the years. It's like your best chance of finding an ace is honestly a college ace. It's not often the prep guy. It's it's a college player. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, I would avoid prep arms for sure. Uh, and the Indians have been leaning, you know, they took a lot of pitchers last year, but they're going for a specific type, and we'll see how that goes. Let's check our time here. Yeah, we can get another question. At Cleveland Guardians fan, Seattle BB, is there a path to build out on offense like the Rays? A few really good hitters and a bunch of Yandy Diaz's and Wendell's. Uh, there could be. The problem is, like, honestly, though, it's <laughs> the Indians, like, a bunch of Yandy's and, Wen- and Joey's, would be like an upgrade. Uh, if you could have those players at like first 
and second. Uh, those would have been, you know, Yandy at first and, and Wendell at second would be a massive upgrade for the Indians for next season. Those two players alone uh, would be a big upgrade for uh, the Cleveland Indians. So, yeah, I mean, those guys, I agree. Like, that would be a great path if we had the depth to have guys like that. But the, the Indians have never had depth. Um, I mean, not since, like, the 90s. And when they had that depth, it just led to a bunch of really terrible John Hart trades. We were giving away guys like Burnitz and Saxon uh, and Giles and getting, like, almost nothing in return. No bang for the buck in those trades. But, yeah, depth has just been a, a reoccurring issue. And, and it's one of those things, if you're a small market team, uh, if you have depth, you can't pay to keep it, nor can you really hold on to it because you often have some other hole you need to trade it for. It's like trading all the pitching when they had all the strength there because it was the only way they could uh, build out the rest of the team. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would love it. I don't see a path there because I just I don't, you know, if, if they're not going to trade Jose, you're set at third. I mean, everywhere in the infield after that is like, and catching is a disaster. Uh, first base is an unknown. Second base, you know, throw a dart. Shortstop, Ahmed, he's only got two years left. You know, he's not here long term. And then you have all the young guys. You got Miles Straw in center, and then your two other spots. I mean, it's really one can make case with this Cleveland Indians offense. Third base is set. Center field is set. DH is set. Eh, like nothing else is really something where you feel like uh that position is set in stone like maybe i'm wrong there uh that is gonna take us for this podcast today got the two questions in the mailbag because we uh, you know and again i want to apologize if you are a fan of the roller derby team because i feel like i was a bit of a jerk uh but you know sometimes when i feel that like aaron and i have had some good back and forths on the twitter dms uh, after i made fun of virginia multiple times uh, but maybe I should have kept doing it because it just felt like the more I made fun of Virginia, the better Chris Taylor played in the postseason. So uh, if there's a Dodger fan out there listening, uh, I'm sorry. I, I guess I, I didn't make fun of Virginia enough. But I've been Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you for making Locked In Indians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms and the like. Go check out Locked On Cavs, Locked On Browns, uh, some of our four other Locked On Cleveland podcasts. Remember to rate and review. That really helps. Download daily. That helps. Numbers are down this month. That is expected when we move into uh, the months after the baseball season has ended. But still, downloading daily is a simple thing one can do to really help our show grow. Uh, downloads, like I said, are down, but our overall ranking is staying pretty consistent. So if everyone downloaded like they did during the season, we'd break that top 100, which has been our goal for a while. We're in the top 100 in Canada, staying in the top 10 in China. Just trying to break that top 100 baseball podcast in the U.S. So remember to download daily, rate, and review. Uh, And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.